It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now, we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Welcome to the Stanley Cup Playoff Report. Here are Dan Rusinowski and Drew Remenda. We're almost there, Drew. We're almost to the Stanley Cup Finals as we record this episode of the Stanley Cup Playoff Report. Uh, we are looking at the Florida Panthers going to the Stanley Cup Final, the number eight seed looking to become the third all-time team to go all the way from the eighth seed to the Stanley Cup Championship. And, of course, we've got a, a barn burner of a series. Vegas definitely has the upper hand, but uh, Dallas coming off a, a big victory. Your overall perception and uh, thoughts about what's going on? Well, I'd like to tell you that I was a, a genius and I picked the Florida Panthers, but I didn't. Um, I don't know if anybody can raise their hand honestly and go, oh, yeah, I had the Florida Panthers going all the way. And you think about this. This is a team that had 92 points in the season. And if it wasn't for Chicago beating Pittsburgh on the last day of the season for the Penguins and the Blackhawks, then the Florida Panthers wouldn't even have made the playoffs. But since they made the playoffs, they've knocked out Boston, they've knocked out Toronto, and they've knocked out Carolina, three of the top teams in the National Hockey League during the regular season. And they've done it, well, I would say fairly easily against Boston because there's nothing easy in Boston in the playoffs. Against Boston, they're down 3-1. Since then, they've gone 11-1. and It's incredible. Matthew Kachuk. Danny, I'd like to think about a trade that's been more impactful for an organization than Matthew Kachuk for the Florida Panthers. And I can only think about Joe Thornton coming to the San Jose Sharks and changing that organization. Yeah, but that was back in 2005. I mean, this this has been a long, long time since we've had a trade that's as impactful as what Matthew Kachuk has brought to this team. And uh, to see him do it is just pretty incredible. Of course, if you talk to Sharks coach David Quinn, there's no surprises is how well he knows the Kachuk family. He coached his brother, Brady, tried to get Matthew to come to Boston University, but Matthew did like his dad did, went to junior hockey and ended up in the National Hockey League as a first rounder. But uh, I got to tell you, Drew, my feelings and my thoughts about Matthew Kachuk have only gone up since this playoffs have started just because we always knew he was a pain in the neck. I still think that Brady may have a longer and, and, and higher profile in the game, but you never know. But, boy, it's going to be tough to match what he's been doing. Let me ask you something. Do you believe in the clutch gene? Uh, well, I guess so. Let's talk about yeah. Joe Pavelski. I mean, there's another guy that does exactly. things like that. I, we were we were talking about that yesterday on the radio show I do back here in Saskatchewan. Uh, and, you know, I believe in, in the clutch gene. I, I believe in Tom Brady as the clutch gene. Joe Montana had the clutch gene. Um, you mentioned Joe Pavelski. And after Joe Pavelski scored last night, I thought to myself, yeah, it exists without a doubt. Certain guys have it. And Joe Pavelski doing what he did. And, and the Dallas Stars was interesting last night because they have that gong show of a game three. Jamie Benn gets takes a stupid penalty, gets suspended. Um, Max Domi loses his mind. The whole team were just completely out of sorts and Vegas thumped them. They regroup without Jamie Benn. And once again, Joe Pavelski proving he's the real leader of that club. Um, 
Ottinger gets his game back, plays really well. They do a great job opening up the neutral zone. And then Joe Pavelski in overtime does what Joe Pavelski does from the spot. We've seen him practice doing it and then do it during games. And the big Pavelski comes through in the playoffs with another winning goal. He has more goals in the playoffs than any other active player in the National Hockey League over Sidney Crosby and Ovechkin. And he was the oldest player to score a a game-winning power play goal at 38 years old last night. And he has passed Mario Lemieux, Mario friggin' Lemieux, for most power play goals in a playoff career. Well, he's got the hands, right? Oh, exactly. <laughs> let me, let me, let's talk about this this clutch gene and what the keys to it are. You know what I think it is? I think that the you know you can look at the way goaltenders play in clutch games too. They've got the clutch gene. Uh, the gene. It seems like Sergei Bobrovsky has it. Um, here's here's the deal with the clutch gene in my in my mind. I think it's it's related to what makes a great goalie in a way. You have to have that calm demeanor under the pressure situation. You have to enjoy that process. You have to almost get calmer when things get crazier. And that's not the way that most people are. Most people get crazier when things get crazier. But I, <laughs> these these players just seem to just smooth right out and say okay i you know i have nothing to to lose from this yes. i'm not going to worry about failing i'm just going to just go out and enjoy this and they do it is that is, that, is, that, is that it I, I think you're right on the money they don't worry about failing they only see themselves as succeeding because they've got that intercom because they know they've put the work in and i think i think you're right on the money they never worry about failing they just worry about doing they didn't worry they just do it. Well, let's see how they did it. Let's first start with the Florida Panthers game against Carolina. It started off really well for Florida in game number four. Anthony Duclair struck early. In front for Hagee Barkov. Duclair, oh, what a save made by Frederick Anderson. Got a piece of Duclair, the rebound, and he scores. And Anthony Duclair gets the Panthers on the board. 41 seconds into the game, he picks up the rebound and catches in. Anthony Duclair, Panthers lead 1-0. Doug Plakins on Florida Radio kept going with another goal that was scored by Matthew Kachuk. Not the winner, but a beauty nonetheless. Going to be for Hagee into the near circle. Wrist shot blocked off the end boards. It's going to be picked up by Burns and he'll play it out the line held in for Hagee Forsley right side Ekblad bounces one in front a shot they score and it's Matthew Kachuk from right out in front of the net two nothing Panthers a power play goal with 937 to play here in the opening frame yeah but uh, Carolina is a team that doesn't quit doesn't seem to matter who's hurt or who's not uh, Paul Stashny a veteran came up big Going to Florida zone. McKechnie going after it. He'll get it to Martinuk and a long shot. Bobrovsky can't get in. It's loose. They'll score. Carolina gets a bounce and a break finally. And it's a 2-1 game. Hard work out in front as Paul Stasny tips home a rebound. And Carolina cuts the Florida lead in half. Well, that gave them some life. And then Tavo Teravainen came up and tied it. Will win this draw. They'll put this in the Florida zone. Good work by Jack Drury. He'll get to the puck first, uh, to the left of Bobrovsky. And now the Canes will keep it in. Sent back to the point. Shea with a shot. Deflected out in front. Chance for Teravainen. They score! Tavo Teravainen from the slot. They beat Bobrovsky. We're tied at two. 
Mike Maniscalco calling things for Carolina Panthers radio. Meantime, uh, they traded a couple of other goals and it came down to OT and then it just uh, an incredible thing. It didn't quite get to overtime. It came down right. to the final seconds of the third period. Everybody expected that it was going to be uh, the big victory for somebody in overtime. They thought they were going to have the extra session, but here's what happened. Kachuk out at the right point covering. 15 seconds in regulation. Kachuk, Reinhardt near circle. Reinhardt in the circle. Shot, and it's fought off by Anderson. Barkov right circle. Down to the eagle right. Kachuk in front of shot. He scores! He scores! He scores! Matthew Kachuk, a power play goal! It's 4-3 Panthers with 4.3 seconds to go in regulation time. That's essentially an overtime goal, Drew, but uh, yeah. but how deflating for a team that's trying to survive to give up a goal with just such little time left in the third period. Not the only time that happened to Carolina in this playoffs either. No, they lost with 12 seconds left in the fourth overtime in game, that was game one, wasn't it? Yeah. When, when you look at this, so we get these fancy stats, folks, all the time. This, uh, Matthew Kachuk's goal at 19.55 of the third, tied an NHL record for the latest game-winning goal in regulation in postseason history, matching Nick Metz from the Toronto Maple Leafs in Game 6 of the 1942 Stanley Cup semifinal against the Rangers. That's how that's how far back you got to go. But the interesting thing with Carolina is that, to me, and the difference between the Florida, game, Florida Panthers and the Carolina Hurricanes was – Florida had guys, their top guys, especially Matthew Kachuk, who scored three game winners, two of them in overtime in this series, plus assisted on the game winner in game three. They, their top guys showed up. Those, their top guys made impact. The Carolina Hurricanes, Sebastian Ajo played well, but he didn't score very much. Teravainen came back from injury, played okay. Brent Burns, Pesci. Shea, Slavin, those guys combined for like 49 goals this year. They scored, Brent got two, and then after that, it was like 1-1-1. One, one, one. Their top guys were good, played hard, played well, but couldn't make an impact. No, that's the that's the story. It reminds me of the Toronto Maple Leafs against Florida. The mm-hmm. top guys also were good. They had their chances, but they just didn't elevate their play quite enough, just so close but yet so far. And that's what Ryan yep. Brindamore was talking about at the end of the game. Brindamore, the head coach of the uh, Carolina Hurricanes, has been there. He's done it. And now he's got to deal with this. Well, when you you look at what, like, Rod Brindamore, I, I, don't, I, I know you saw it, Danny, and I did too. When he, Rod Brindamore said that, you know, it could have he could have gone the other way. It could have been they could have been the team that swept the Panthers out. They could have been the team that was going on because every game was one goal. Yes. He goes, yes, we got swept. He said, but we didn't lose. We got beat, which I actually don't mind that saying, but he was talking about it easily could have been reversed. I didn't agree with that part for the simple fact of what we just talked about, where the impact players for Carolina just didn't make a big enough impact. But that's right after the game, Rod Brindamore, as you said, has been there, done that. He has, he has been a guy who's, who's, um, um, always he's, he's emotional. He's, he's very passionate. I know what he was trying to say. And I know he was putting his arm around his guys that they did play hard and they had a hell of a good year. And they did second best team in the NHL. But when I, when I listened to his post-game comments, I was, 
you know, Rod, I know what you're trying to do here, but I disagree with them. I didn't think that they they could have been that easily been that team that where the situation would have been reversed. Because as I said, top players didn't make the the significant contribution on the score sheet. And that's where you well, have well, to do to, it. To, to his defense, I mean, he had some top players that were out and that's part of the right. problem. Sla- Slavin also getting hurt in that critical Oof. game. And a- after the contest, as you yeah. mentioned, Brindamore trying to explain some of it. And he talked about mostly how proud he was of his players. Yeah. Felt great about the game other than the start, you know, the way we started coming on and felt like all the other games, to be honest with you, we, we uh, just really proud of the group, how hard they worked, and you know I th- deserve a better fate. I think so, to be quite honest. But um, just kept, just like like I said, we, you asked me how we were going to respond in this game, and it's exactly what what happened. You know, guys went down, we're losing our best players, and we were we just kept playing. And from the seat I had, that was a pretty good game. You know, pretty impressive effort, and it's the way we've been all year. And in these four games, it's a tough way to end. I, um, like that, you know, uh, that's that's going to be tough for sure. But I'm just proud of what we what, 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 what we built here and the guys that we have in there. Meanwhile, on the other side, Paul Maurice obviously happy with the way things have gone for the Florida Panthers, beating the Boston Bruins, the President's Trophy winners, taking on Toronto, and now beating another team he used to coach, the Carolina Hurricanes. And he says it's been quite a ride. Everybody's coming to the rink tomorrow in a phenomenal mood. They have been for a while, but we also had some tough times this year, right? There was some grinding going on here. For the people that have invested the most in terms of time, the people that have been here, well, this is the most sweet for them. Well, he's talking about players that have been around a long time for Florida, like Aaron Ekblad, number one pick overall, has been through a lot with the Florida Panthers, has gone through injuries, has been one of the better defensemen in the NHL. He gave us his thoughts about the victory. Eastern Conference champions, it's really cool. There's no doubt about it, but you know, at the end of the day, we have our eyes on something different. and um, it's, uh, it's a great opportunity, a chance to do it, right? So it's what a cool feeling. Anton Lundell is one of the role players on this team, and he was speaking eloquently about where the Panthers are. We're excited. We're ready. Uh, it's something we've been dreaming since forever and uh, now is the time now is the opportunity um, every, we're really happy we're not we're not done we're not finished we we got more energy and and we can't wait to to the finals to start well i'm sure they can't neither can sergey bobrovsky i'm enjoying this moment <laughs> it's uh, it feels great definitely it's 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 a great opportunity great spot and uh, we went through lots of things and I, i'm i'm really appreciate for this opportunity leaving the best for last matthew kachuk the guy who got the game winner mm-hmm. amazing thoughts like it's just so fun being at the rink right now it's it you know we got a few weeks left of this and it's gonna be we talked about in the room gonna be the best few weeks of our lives hopefully so um Something that we're all really excited for. Whoever the Florida Panthers play, it's going to be a very, very tough out, whether it's Dallas or whether it's the more likely Vegas Golden Knights. But, Drew, you know that anything can happen here in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Well, let's go back to Florida you know, and Paul Maurice. And you and I had a great discussion with him when we were there um, right after the All-Star game playing the Florida Panthers. He told us about the grind. He told us about how they tried to reshape the team's thoughts and style of play and changing from a hundred and what was it? Seven point team president's trophy winning team to a team that would grind you down team that would forecheck you into the ice. 
And he said it took a while. But, but what he did mention was the guys that you just talked about, Matthew Kachuk, Sasha Barkov, uh, Aaron Ekblad, they all bought in. They were all like, okay, coach, yep, we get it. And they, after injuries, after all that grind, after what Paul Maurice told us at that, uh, with our meeting with him as being one of the hardest training camps he's ever put a team through or a team has ever gone through, they were able to do this. But the other aspect of when you listen to these guys, and one thing I was really, really glad to see for the Florida Panthers is nobody did the stupid, should we touch it or not touch the trophy? It was, I mean, it was, it was great. They grabbed well, did, the trophy. Did, right you, away, did, you what, did you see what Matthew Kachuk said? He said, hey, we earned this. We weren't even yes. in the playoffs a couple of weeks ago. Exactly. And I go back to last year. And, and if you, there's a video last year when Colorado uh, won the Western conference and they were, they were just talking, should we touch it? Do we touch it? What do we do? And Joe Sackick is standing on the bench. And I think it was Kale McCarr looks at Joe Sackick said, do, do we touch it? And Joe said, of course you do. Absolutely. Yes. Because basically the same thing you've earned it. You know, me in superstitions, he who believes in superstitions doesn't believe in his own ability. I love the fact that they grabbed it. They embraced it because, as you said, Matthew Kachuk said, they earned it. Well, boy, they sure did. And I remember when the Sharks won the Clarence Campbell Bowl, they kind of touched it, but they didn't skate off with it like Matthew Kachuk. And I got to be <laughs> honest, I'm happy that they did that. Uh, by the way, Kachuk is making a name for himself with skating off the ice really quickly as soon as possible after games are over. Oh, my that's It's become my favorite thing. I love watching them. They, they actually sent them back out, actually, too, which, which was good. To shake hands, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, my. But, well, you know, he scored that goal, and then they went to video review because it might have been goalie interference. And there's a little bit of a stick. It was Bennett uh, with his stick in between the pads um, of Anderson. But uh, they just wanted to get it right. Exactly. They wanted to get it right. That's what it's an automatic review, and he's he's waiting and waiting and waiting. And when, when the when they say, yes, it's a good goal. You could see his, his excitement because this guy scored 104 points last year. They have the big trade where he tells Calgary, I don't want to be here. I'm not going to sign an extension. You know, one more year left in that contract. They make the trade. Huberto, Weir come over. And we all thought Brad Living did a great job. I still think he did a great job getting those guys. I will we'll tell. see. Yeah, we'll see when those, a new coach comes in, a new manager comes in with Calgary. And... They figure that out. But Matthew Kachuk has another 100-point season. And when you listened after the game, Barkov talking about him with Kachuk beside him, Ekblad talking about him, he has been the driver on that team since he got there. But he, you mentioned it and you played it, the fact that he loves being in South Florida, loves being there, loves being part of that team. By the way, Barkov's another one of those guys that's uh, oh. really been through a lot with his team, and he had some thoughts after the game too. It's hard to explain right now. Everything just happened so quick, and uh, it it means a lot. It uh, definitely does. And to get to this point, you know how hard you need to work. And obviously, we all know like there's there's a another big series coming up soon, so we can't get too too high on this. Isn't it interesting to to contrast Kachuk's emotional exuberance? along with Barkov's steady leadership. I just think that it's a good combination in Florida, and that's really helped the Panthers through the playoffs. We'll see what happens in the finals. One other thought, too, Drew, about this. If I'm the head coach of the Boston Bruins, Jim Montgomery, <laughs> and I'm looking at all of this, I'm realizing that Florida a year before won the President's Trophy and lost. Can I take something from this 
and just put, make some notes for training camp next year. Yeah, and I think Don Sweeney, the general manager, is going to have to as well. You know, it was bold move by Bill Zito. Bold moves. You could have stood pat and went, okay, that's what we're going to do. We're just going to stand pat. We're going to be okay. They didn't stand pat. They made a couple of really bold moves, including the coach and 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 getting Paul Maurice to come in over Andrew Burnett, who was Coach of the Year nominee. Incredible series. It's going to be Florida in the Stanley Cup final. We continue now with the Stanley Cup playoff report on the San Jose Sharks audio network. And to the amazing series between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Dallas Stars we go. And it comes down to game four. Desperation through the contest. Everything is on the line. Some people say you have nothing to lose, but you actually have everything to lose in this game. And wouldn't you know it, uh, the game-winning goal was scored by our good friend, Joe Pavelski. It's coughed up and cleared all the way down by Vegas once more. Just where Joe Pavelski's deflection capabilities comes into play. Again, no Jamie Benn, so Tyler Sagan is on this top unit. As Robertson on the right wing side got into the slot. Here's Hintz, drags it, saved by Hill. He's face down, the puck is loose. Up top, Haskin and left side shot, score! Pavelski, a one-timer! Joe Pavelski keeps the Dallas season alive and sends this series back to Vegas after a 3-2 game four win. Well, it wasn't Pavelski's tipping ability. It was his one-timing ability. That was Josh Bulgrad on the Dallas side. Now let's listen to Dan Duva on the Vegas side. And across the line, a tie-up, a diving, centering pass out in front. Sliding save, and it goes behind. Hill sprawls out, now in the middle, extra pass, a shot, they score! Pavelski! Stars win in overtime! Joe Pavelski, the veteran! The Stars say we don't need another hero! Pavelski's fourth career overtime playoff goal! His ninth goal of these Stanley Cup playoffs, his first of the series. Joe Pavelski sends the series back to Vegas with an overtime power play marker. Dallas three, Vegas two. The goal comes three minutes and 18 seconds into overtime. 50 seconds into the power play. Joe Pavelski's 180th playoff game, his 73rd career playoff goal. Nice summation by Dan Duva on Vegas Radio in the Vegas defeat to Dallas. And speaking about putting things succinctly, Jake Ottinger, the goaltender, was asked if he was surprised that it was Pavelski who did it. Who else, right? (laughs) That's all he said. Who else, right? And nothing else to say exactly. This reminded me, by the way, Drew, of a game that Joe Pavelski scored a game five overtime goal against Dallas in the playoffs way, 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 way back earlier in his career. And that was a big one. I think it was in 2005, somewhere in that time frame, somewhere in there. I can't remember the exact year offhand, but I just remember him scoring against the Stars in overtime. Now in a Stars uniform, he does it. And of course, his head coach, Pete DeBoer, talked about it post-game and discussed the impact that Joe Pavelski has. Well, he's ageless, you know. He just, uh, <clears throat> what do you say about him? I mean, I've seen it. I've seen that movie, you know, over and over again. never gets old, but uh, he, he lives for those moments. And, um, you know, he wants to be in those situations, always has, and uh, delivers, you know, almost every time. 
Pavelski talked about it, too. He said that uh, they've lost a couple of games in overtime. They've been disappointed. In fact, they were winless in overtime until he took that one-time shot. Yeah, I mean, we haven't had the greatest success in overtime. It was still a moment where we wanted to attack, and if we had an opportunity, we wanted to go. And, you know, there was a little bit of pressure there for us, and I think once that penalty happens, it's you know it's a great opportunity to create some more off it and get some looks and um, probably wasn't the cleanest PP to start early, but we retrieved a puck or two and found a little bit of space and it was nice to see that one going for sure. Joe Pavelski's 38 years old and you know he scored all these goals in his career in the playoffs and he was asked post game if if he appreciates it more now. Yeah, you probably appreciate them a little bit more. Um, they, they feel just as good as they did some of the other ones um you know you're just living really in the moment and trying to create what you can and um they're very exciting games to be playing in and great opportunities to still be playing and um yeah it, it was a tremendous feeling for sure and glad we can you know play another game and go from there and try to extend it it's you know they got it they've won a couple overtime games on us it's been a pretty tight series um so we just need to keep staying with kind of that mindset and keep there was a lot of sacrifice from guys some big blocks along the way and some key saves and and fun moments out there tonight and you know we got to go out and do it again they got a couple goals from jason robertson drew and he actually robertson had a couple of blocked shots too that were really important that's what i think joe pavelski was referring to there yeah, he was sitting beside Robertson at the time and uh, post game there. Um, and the thing with Robertson, he's he's been trying to find his scoring touch in this playoffs, this this series. It's, been, it's of course it's the conference finals. Things get tight and things get checked, and you you start keying in and zeroing in on guys. But the puck kind of followed him last night. You could see it early and a couple of chances. And Robertson's a really talented guy. But I I, I look at Robertson and Pavelski and Pavelski being that mentor for him. The you talked about just before we when we started here talking about the clutch gene, the calmness at which Joe Pavelski's talking about the game. That's the calmness of which he he attacks the game as well. But still, it doesn't lack, it doesn't mean he lacks the intensity. Robertson's kind of got that as well. I, I remember you and I had talked to Robertson late in the season when we were in Dallas, and we kind of got that same vibe from him. Remember in the dressing room uh, after the yes. morning skate? Yeah, absolutely. He, he just yeah. was so calm. No problems. He's you know how, uh, for instance, to compare him to, say, Brent Burns, who gets really wound up even in the morning yeah. skate. Uh, this guy just was his pulse was 55. Yeah, exactly. And and he was obviously a huge part. But you, he made a couple of key blocks, especially late in the game. Danny, the interesting thing about that game was I thought that Dallas did a really good job of being able to open up. The neutral zone. In fact, Bruce Cassidy talked about a post game. He wasn't happy about how open the neutral zone was. But again, that's another series with the exception of the gong show, which was game three, where every game is an overtime game and one goal, one goal changes it. But as you said, that's they Dallas was four and oh in overtime games so far in the playoffs. And Pavelski keeps the season alive, being Joe Pavelski. And how many times, Danny, have we seen Joe Pavelski come out before a morning skate, before practice, from that spot and work on one-timers? He does it every single day of his life, every I think. Yep. I think. I think he does it in the summer. I really do. I mean, it's just sort of part of it. He probably has uh, Nathan going out there and taking shots that he can deflect <laughs> out in the yard just to, to make sure. Another part of this game, Drew, too, was uh, Jake Ottinger had a, yes. had a bounce back. He had a really rough game, number three, 
and he came back with a couple of big saves, and he was uh, feeling pretty good after the game. How does this one make you feel? <laughs> Feels great. Uh, huge win, obviously. Uh, you know, the guys stepped up, and, and uh, finally we got one to go our way in overtime. So three out of four games in overtime shows you how tight these two teams are, and uh, you know, hopefully this, this gives us belief that you know we can beat these guys. And there is the question, the belief that suddenly come back into the Dallas dressing room, maybe a couple of seeds of doubt on the Vegas side of things. Rope Hints was talking about that, and he says the belief is there for the Dallas Stars. Yeah, of course, it's huge, and uh, this team will not quit. Uh, we're going we're gonna to bounce back, and we're going to show that we have a so good group here that we're not done yet. And uh, uh, Yeah, it was, it was great for us to get the OT winner. Emphasizing it, Hint says he really believes that Dallas can definitely do it. I, I do. I, I know so, and uh, we got we got great, great group here, and we're not we're not quitters. So yeah, we're gonna show that. What gives him that belief? It's just uh, we we seen that the whole whole season we've been down, but we always bounce back. So I think that's 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 how it goes. And now now we go back to Vegas, and we get we get win from there, and then. It's a new series. Well, Drew, it's happened only a handful of times in the history of the National Hockey League. It's kind of interesting when you're down three games to nothing and you come back and win. It's happened four times total. And Joe Pavelski actually has been involved in yes. two of those. One against Detroit when the Sharks were up three games to nothing and ended up winning game seven. That was an amazing series in 2011. And then, of course, uh, in 2014, when they had the three games to nothing lead against the Kings and ended up losing. So they've got a lot of experience in dealing with it on that side. Well, with with that, you you, you have to get if you get this next one, then what happens is. The Vegas Golden Knights, like the Sharks did against the Kings you start thinking about how not to lose as opposed to how do we go about winning? And that's the difference, but you got to get the next one for that mindset to creep into the opposition. Meanwhile, as far as the Florida Panthers are concerned, they're happy if this goes seven games because they can get a little bit of rest and get ready to go. And we are going to bring all of it for you here on the shark Stanley cup playoff report. Thanks a lot for joining us for today's show. You've been listening to the Stanley Cup Playoff Report on the San Jose Sharks Audio Network.